Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences, and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're gonna focus on third culture kids, and then again, our beloved guest has returned. Let's welcome Tanya Crossman. Hi, Tanya. Hi. So <laughs> nice to be back with you. It's been. A I while. know it's been more than a, a year. I think since we last recorded. <laughs> oh wow! It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. And where are you right now? I am in my study in my parents' house in Canberra, Australia. Yeah, hi. And what have you been doing recently? I know that you have been doing a lot of research、Ooh. regarding this case. <laughs> so much. <laughs> um. Well, since we last talked, I think I've had. Been lead author on two more white papers for TCK training on research into what the impact of growing up overseas can be.、Uh, started a new survey, so TCK training currently has a survey out there looking at both the positive and difficult experiences of growing up overseas and what that looks like in strengths and struggles as an adult.、Uh, I have a new book that's coming out very soon for Australian TCKs, and I'm working on books three and four. <laughs> so、wow. life has been busy. Oh, and I finally started. Working in person again,、yeah. so I did two trips last year overseas,、okay. and I have two more trips, three more trips,、uh, booked in for next year already for twenty this year, twenty twenty four. I know, and then tell so, us again what's coming. Yeah, I know, right? It's like <laughs>、yeah. finally getting back and then getting over with COVID, the remote situation. But yeah, remember... international schools can now feel、yeah. confident to book an international speaker and be like, yes. We will be open, and plane tickets will actually <laughs> that the flights will actually happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember last time you just landed a job at TCK Training, right?、Uh, yeah. Are you still working with them? Yeah, I've been with TCK Training for well, I've full time for two years now. Yeah,、um, yeah. And I had been doing some contract work for a, a year before that. Okay, doing the some of the research stuff. So I love it. It's、yeah. such a great team. And then today we're gonna talk about you know adult TCKs. Let's review、yes. a little bit about what TCKs are. Third culture kids. Yeah. So a third culture kid. Well, let's start. A third culture kid is a subtype of cross cultural kid. A cross cultural kid is anybody who has meaningful interaction with more than one culture before the age of eighteen. So this includes our immigrant kids and refugee kids and migrant kids of any type. Anyone who's a minority within a majority culture. Anyone where their parents are coming from two different cultural,、mm. linguistic backgrounds. Yeah.、Uh, anyone who's internationally or transculturally, transracially adopted. Yeah. So many different ways to interact、yeah. with more than one culture.、Mm. Um. So TCKs are a specific subtype of that, where the way they interact with multiple cultures is they go and live outside their passport country temporarily. Um. Now, temporary is a very vague term because they might live their entire childhood <laughs> overseas. But the temporary part is that they're not looking to get citizenship, so they're not immigrating, going somewhere, intending to live there permanently. There's this expectation that they will return. So this looks usually like we have our di- diplomat kids, our military kids who've been sent overseas, missionary、yeah. kids. Um, corporate kids like me, where my dad got sent on an assignment to another country, yeah, things yeah. like that.、Uh, also, we have teachers' kids, so the teachers teaching at the international schools, right. or perhaps they're teaching at local schools or into in local universities, yeah,、uh, yeah. and go and spend time overseas. And aid organizations,、um, people working、yeah. for NGOs, IGOs, UN kids, things like、That's、that.、Right. Ah, basically, expats, right? Like because they're traveling、yeah. due to their caretakers. Job or responsibilities. Yeah, exactly.、Um, the word expat often has this colonial overtone to it.、Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So when I use the word expat, I just mean someone who is living in a country that they are not a citizen of, and they're not intending to try to get citizenship of. Yeah. yeah.、Um, so when I use the word expat, I mean it quite generally. I know expats from all different citizenships、yes. and all different places on the socioeconomic scale. Yeah.、Uh, But I know that that word, you know, some people think of it and go, "Oh, it means rich white people."、Um, mm-hmm. It's not how I intend to use it. But、yeah. anyone who's a migrant worker of any kind is also an expat,、True. is also bringing TCKs around the world. 
Yeah, and then it's interesting that that today we're gonna focus on more on the adult tissue case, and later I think another episode we're gonna try,、uh, focus on like childhood, how caretakers or parents and family can support them. But then I have a few questions, and then we I think we can just go along with them, and then as we talk, and I might have other questions,、um, we can just add it in there. So the first of question, you ready? Yes, go for it. <laughs> What enables TCKs to thrive in adulthood? I think this is great because in the last episode we talk about ACE scores, right? It's like、yes. the adversity score, like、mm. what what difficulties or challenges they had in their childhood, and then that would、yeah. impact their adult life. But this one is like what enables TCKs to thrive, to grow, and advance in adulthood. Yeah, so there's two sides to this. There's the preventative side. So what can we do when children are young to help them thrive long time, long term, despite those difficulties?、Mm-hmm. And there's research into something called positive childhood experiences,、mm-hmm. where researchers asked kind of exactly this question. They're like, well, okay, so we know that A scores result in these negative outcomes. What about people who have these negative outcomes and thrive as adults? Let's look at them. Let's study them to、yeah. see what's different for them.、Mm-hmm. And and this led to this research on positive childhood experiences or pieces, and they determined if you had six or seven out of these eight pieces in place as a child, your risks of difficulties went dropped dramatically. Like the 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 risk of depression as an adult dropped seventy two percent. So,、oh. and and it's mostly pretty. Simple things, but things that can be difficult to maintain when you're moving a lot and you're in transient communities. So,、um, three of the five are just happening at home. So you feel safe sharing your emotions.、Uh, you feel that you'll be have people who stand by you in hard times. You feel safe and protected in your home.、Um, and then the other five are all about community. So,、mm. having friends, supportive friends throughout childhood, feeling a sense of belonging in high school. Feeling a sense of belonging in a bigger community, preferably、yeah. a multi generational community with people、yeah. who have your back. Yeah.、Uh, um, oh yeah.、Uh, having two non parent adults who take an interest、oh, in you, so like、yeah. mentor type figures,、like、yeah, leaders, just two. Be, yeah, yeah, just two. Yeah, yeah.、Okay. It could be a family friend. It could、yeah. be a teacher, a tutor, a coach, anybody who like. Knows who you are as a、yeah. person, not just as so and so's kid. Takes an interest in what you care about, and、yeah. like asks questions and follows up next time they see you. That kind of thing.、Yeah. Um, and so these kind of things make a massive difference in、mm. oh, and taking place in、uh, taking part in community events, like having that rhythm of of you know festivals or things that we do every year. Yeah, these are pretty simple things, but once they're happening intentionally throughout our childhood, they have this really important protective、um, factor. So that's、mm. the first thing: is just creating communities around children so that they have this happening for them.、I、but once you get to adulthood, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So I was just like, huh, like having. A regularity in communities or have those adult figures in the life, I feel like it sounds easy. But for the parents who are working really hard or they're trying to navigate their own life,、um, to creating those those times or options for kids, it could be a challenge as well, right? If if yeah, all the time that they've <clears throat> got is on the weekend, and then maybe the family wanna chill or they wanna do things together, it's so easy to fall into their own little. Family world instead of like stepping out to you know different festival society yeah,、uh, events yeah. and all that. And I think I think part of it the the positive side here is it takes the pressure off parents to be everything for their kids.、Mm-hmm. You can't <clears throat> you can't do it all on your own. We need that village. We need that community. And and I think there's something really comforting in. Having research that backs up that you can't be everything for your kids, It, it's just not. It's not all on you、mm-hmm. to to fix all of the problems.、Um, I love it. They、yeah. need I... these other things. They need friends. They need a community. Yeah, and and that's and that's I think is is good for people to know. Yeah.、Um, And but yeah, I think especially when you move a lot, maybe you've got a great community, and then you move to a new place. It takes a lot of emotional energy to invest in a new community. It really、yeah. does,、mm-hmm. um, and I think 
being intentional about being part of a community is fine the first time, maybe the second time, but the third and the fourth and the fifth time, it gets really hard to do that. And so knowing how much this makes a difference for kids gives you that extra motivation mm. to, to do that initial work. Yeah. Because it's all about that. The hard thing is at the beginning, the investing is hard. And once you've sort of invested long enough, it becomes this really, you want to be there, you enjoy spending time with people, but it takes yeah. time to build up to that point where it is your community. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And then you were talking about when they enter adulthood, what were you yes. going to say? Yeah. Yeah. When you enter adulthood, you're now responsible for your own emotional growth, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few things that we see. One of the biggest ones is what Lauren Wells calls the grief tower. And so this is all about unresolved grief. It's all the things that happened during childhood that we didn't get a chance to fully express our emotions about. What we see is that with kids who experience a lot of mobility, and this is very um, common in TCKs, whether they moved or not, because they're often living in communities that are quite transient. So I might not move, but I'm watching my best friend move away from me every other year. So when we go through a lot of these grief inducing experiences, and it happens so often, we don't have the energy or the res internal resources to process all of that, we just push it down. And that's normal. Everyone does that at some point in time. But if we don't go back and feel those feelings, express that, acknowledge that, uh, and, and, and just work through that, it just stays there inside of us. And at a certain point, there's too much and we, we, it breaks down somehow. What we tend to see is that for adult TCKs, that sort of breakdown often happens sort of in the early to mid twenties. Uh, sometimes we see it happen later, sort of late thirties, something like that, depending on what's happening in the rest of their life, other pressures come into play. Um, it's all about how well you've been able to play the game of like pretending I'm like everybody else and I have my coping strategies and they are working for me. And I am going to pretend that all of those annoying, uh, difficult feelings do not exist. <laughs> some of us are better at plastering over it than others. Some of us have had way more grief inducing experiences than others. And so it looks different for everybody. But what happens is if you have never engaged with or have not often engaged with those those grief inducing experiences, your body just doesn't work right or your brain is not going to work right. Things just don't work. And we've seen lots of different ways that that can work out, um, both within what TCK training does and people we've worked with and just personally with all the people that we know. Um, talking with different mental health professionals who work with TCKs. There are so many ways this happens. So one example of this is you go through one experience that on the surface shouldn't be, it's hard, but shouldn't be super hard. And you react to it in a really dramatic fashion. So for example, you go through a breakup and it just knocks you flat. Like you cannot cope with life. You go into a massive depression that you cannot claw your way out of. And it's not because of the breakup. It's because the breakup is triggering those feelings of grief from all the friends that you've lost throughout your childhood of mobility. And so it's like, it sort of breaks that layer that you had pasted over those yeah. feelings of grief from childhood. And, and almost feel like, you know, paralyzing the whole person. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Oh. Or another example might be you, you fail a class at mm -hmm. university or you have a project at work that goes really badly. And again, it just knocks you flat and you feel this sense of, I don't know who I am and I don't know what is wrong with me. I feel massive anxiety. I'm feeling physical symptoms. And again, it's because it's triggering these feelings of maybe a fear of failure and a pressure to excel that you felt throughout childhood. So what we see is one incident triggers a lot of buried emotion. And the biggest issue that adult TCKs find is that finding a therapist who gets it and will recognize. So for example, I, I over the last two years, I've done 120 long interviews with adult TCKs talking through what have been 
what what's happened in adulthood and what did you need what would have supported you for a project that i'm working on uh one person talked about you know i, I had a breakup my girlfriend broke up with me and i went into this big depression um she ended up needing to move in back in with her parents because she couldn't work she couldn't um yeah she couldn't cope with life anymore actually for her that meant moving countries because she couldn't work which meant she couldn't have a work visa so she had to leave the country because that's how how life goes when you live internationally yeah it took her working through she she worked with a bunch of different therapists and no one could really help because they kept saying yeah you're depressed because your girlfriend broke up with you she's like yeah but that's not it like this is more than that i don't know what it is but that's Mm. not it the 10th therapist she talked to finally recognized I think this is because you moved a lot as a kid. Every other therapist had had access to the same information about her childhood, but only one in 10 recognized that there was grief associated with moving around a lot in childhood. And I've heard from multiple adult TCKs that they have gone to work with a therapist to deal with whatever it is that's built up for them. And the therapists just don't get it. You know, Lauren, Lauren Wells herself, the CEO of TCK Training, went to talk to someone who said, you've got all the symptoms of PTSD, but that can't be it because I don't see anything that's that looks like it would have triggered PTSD in you without having asked the questions that she needed to ask to find out that those triggers were absolutely there. Just went because living overseas sounds great. What was Safari like? Mm. Instead of asking about Safari, maybe ask about the time that my family took in an AIDS orphan who then died. That could have been a a PTSD triggering effect. Or maybe ask about the time that, you know, while we're driving down the road, we were stopped at a traffic light and I watched someone, a thief, get caught and beaten Mm. a few metres away from our car. That could have been a PTSD triggering effect. Or maybe ask about the fact that we lived in an area where there was an active volcano and I worried about what would happen if it erupted. Mm. There's all these stories and things that were part of life and too often therapists aren't equipped to understand what international life actually is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what it is that we deal with. Thankfully now there are a lot of amazing organisations out there providing um, TCK-informed therapy, uh, both for teenagers and for adult TCKs virtually. Yeah. And, and that makes a massive difference. I feel like when you're talking about, you know, TCKs and what they have gone through and all those small examples and i i also thought about because i moved around when i became an adult and then a lot of Mm. times that my people back in taiwan don't really know how to ask questions or understand what i've been through and then so for for me a lot of times i only share the good things or something to to be celebrated but not the mm-hmm. challenges or when you're talking about the grief of moving around i felt that grief because i saw like i saw people moving around like my colleagues my students or maybe i need to move around and even here international students so i was like huh, yes that could be very related um You talked about, you know, the family life, right? And also emotional energy that something, some work has to be done emotionally. Are there yeah. other things that will impact them to help TCKs to, to thrive? Yeah, definitely. Because um, the, the therapy is part of it, but it's also what you just said about a moving as an adult has these impacts too. Absolutely it does. The difference when you move around as a child is as a child, you're still forming your worldview and, right. and how you and see they don't the world have a choice. how the world works. Yeah. So, well, you also don't have a choice. Yeah. But what it does is it's forming your view of how the world works. So mm. it's these formative experiences that are teaching yeah. you lessons about the world. So when you're a child and either you move or they move mm-hmm. <laughs> constantly, yeah, you learn a lesson about the world such as everybody leaves. Oh, yeah. And that becomes a foundational truth for you about the world and it impacts how you relate to other people. So I wrote a blog post about everyone leaves and oh my gosh, the response I got to that because people relate to those two words when you've grown up internationally. Partly because sometimes you don't even think to question it because it's just normal. It's just how the world is. You know that that is true about the world. You don't question it. It's not something you've decided to believe. It just is true. 
And that's just one example of some of the things that you come to believe. Yeah. And so part of the work of being an adult TCK is understanding and unpacking these beliefs we have about the world. Yeah. Is it true that everybody leaves? What does that actually mean? And what choices do I make? So my like part of that series of blog posts was what do you do about everyone leaves and that and and how do I interact with the world having known that I think this? Uh, and one of the key things I talk about is pick your poison. <laughs> um, you can either choose the pain of being alone or the pain of saying goodbye. It's not I have to say to go- goodbye to people or I'm not in pain. Being alone and not connected to people is another kind of pain. You're just picking between different kinds of pain. Mm. And when you think about it that way, suddenly connecting with people, knowing that you'll have to say goodbye to them doesn't feel quite so awful and scary. And so that's the kind of thing, learning how to understand and interrogate our own internal narratives and, and then reframe them. So TCK training does, um, this unstacking coaching with adult TCKs. And one of the big pieces about that is understanding our internal narratives and creating the combating narratives that go with it. What are the lessons I have learned about the world because of the way I grew up and how am I going to reframe that? And so speak to myself differently um, when this comes up in my life. So I get to make choices and I'm not at the mercy of how I was raised I'm now in control. And that's actually a big step for a lot of adult TCKs is taking ownership of I am now in control of my life. Because when you grow up without control, this is something you mentioned earlier, you're not in control of the moves, you're not in control of how everything happens. You can sometimes get into a place of feeling like not having control is is my life. It's like a norm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And and. It can actually be scary to take on ownership of my life yeah. that I I have to take on responsibility for making these decisions mm. because I know the weight of decisions. I know what happens. You make a decision, it has all these follow-on effects. And so making a decision can feel really um, overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Um, decision paralysis, decision anxiety are really big things for adult TCKs. Mm. And sometimes it comes down to being the one in control and learning to take control, knowing yeah. that it's okay if things don't work out, you can make a new decision later. Um, that it's okay to pick one thing and not the hundred other options you know are out there. Yeah, yeah. The more countries you know of as options, the harder it is to pick one, right? Yeah, yeah. I was also thinking like, because a lot of TCKs come from, I wouldn't say like all of them are coming back, coming from like well-off families, but, you know, a lot of them, they have more access, resources and network, right? But then the fear of making mistakes might also show up. Um, does it show up in oh, your study? Oh, that's huge. Interviews? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fear of failure is massive in TCKs and it is not restricted to any one demographic. Mm -hmm. So in the research I did for Misunderstoods, we're going back a few years now, um, as I was doing interviews, I realized this was across the board. Didn't matter what kind of school they went to, what kind of sector they were from. So I found this in like, you know, business diplomat kids in elite international schools. I found this in homeschooled missionary kids. It did not matter, (laughs) right? Um, And as I started looking into it, I realized it's because they live in these very, most of the time, TCKs have a, a warped sense of normal. Um, because as you say, like to, to get to go somewhere, whatever the reason for going there is, there's visa requirements. To get a work visa, usually <laughs> you have to be able to demonstrate that you're doing something that others don't want to do chances are your parents have higher education than is the standard is normal um, in order to get a work visa just that alone let alone if you're being sent by a company or a government or whoever they're going to pick someone that they think is worthy of being their representative so the chances are that you're coming from a high achieving family um and if you aren't 
most of your peers probably are. So the overall standard is quite high. If you go to international school graduations, and I've been to many of them, um, the the graduates, like there's those ones who have the like the core to, to show if they have, you know, a certain level of achievement, which is like the equivalent of straight A's or 4.0 GPA or whatever it is. And it's about a third of the graduating class will be at that level. That's no longer elite, that's normal, right? Um, the pamphlets, like the programs, will give you the list of all of the universities worldwide that their graduates have been accepted to, not the ones they're going to, everything they've been accepted to worldwide. Like there's this, oh, some of the schools on their websites, they will tell you how what's the percentage of, of students who get certain levels in whatever the grade, the, the grading system is there, like if it's A-levels, if it's IB, if it's APs, whatever they do in their school, what percentage of their student population hit what benchmarks. It's just considered normal to be excelling there. So I go and speak at groups of young adult TCKs. I've gone to some retreats and stuff and I'll share, here's the information that is standard in the overall population. And they don't believe me. I've had the leaders of these retreats jaws drop because they don't think that's real. So for example, the highest numbers I could find worldwide of school leavers entering university or tertiary, yeah, entering university was in the US, which I think is because there's fewer um, other tertiary pathways and technical schools in the US compared to other Western countries. Uh, And so it was 60% of high school graduates entered university. Didn't mean that they completed it, but they started university studies. Um, and that's just those who graduated. We're not even talking about those who dropped out before they got to, to the end of grade 12. Um, and that was the highest number. In the general population in the Western world, 20 to 30% of adults have a university degree. Again, there's other technical qualifications, but 20 to 30% have a university degree. You tell that to adult TCKs and they do not believe you because 95% of third culture kids enter university. Again, yeah. it doesn't mean that they complete a degree, but they at least start one. 85% of missionary parents have, uh, of missionary kids have at least one parent with an advanced degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's this sense that for them, normal it's is university given. education. And yeah. it's not. It's yeah. just not worldwide. And so when that is your benchmark, yeah of normal, you have this expectation on yourself to hit a standard that is not standard for the rest of the world. Yeah. It's almost like they they need to fit in into a mold or into a pathway. Like, oh yeah, all my friends are going to college and that's how it is. And mostly um, the kids will go back to their home, well, their parents' home country, especially if they're from the Western world, right? Um, a lot of them do, not all, um, but most of them will go to the Western world. Um, it's, and I honestly don't think it's even just, this is what my friends are doing. They don't even know that there's anything else you can do. Um, Uh... I, I talked to a mother who was Australian living in China and they were doing a college fair for their eighth graders because they were about to start grade nine and you need to get serious about your degree. So in eighth grade, they were doing a college fair to introduce them to all of these different university options and stuff. And she was like, this is ridiculous. So she went into the guidance counselor and asked, so what non-university pathways are you presenting them with? And the guidance counselor's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, not every career path, like university isn't the right preparation for every career path. Yeah. What other pathways are you presenting them with? And, and what other options like other than university are you presenting? And the guidance counselor's like, wait, do you not want your kid to go to university? And she's just like, well, it depends, right? Like <laughs> if she wants to be a nurse, university yeah. might not be the right way to achieve that goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. so what, like, what do you, and the guidance counselor absolutely did not get what she was saying. Or did not have any don't... option. Yeah. Did, did, do you just not, do you not want your child to go to university was the only response the guidance counselor had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know yeah. that this is starting to change. There is guidance counselors in universities are getting better and, and the academic counselors at acknowledging that shooting for the highest ivy league is not the best option we want to find the university and the program that's the best fit for the student that's becoming more normal mm. um but not always for parents <laughs> yeah. um but there is this pressure to 
shoot for the highest thing um, and not really acknowledging what is that there are multiple ways to move in the world yeah, and yeah. finding what's right for you uh, and that there are things other than university out there because if you've never been shown that, how are you supposed to know that? That's true. From what you have said, I was just thinking about awareness and recognition of different options. I feel like even in yeah. the emotional health, a lot of times that we were not given the, the agency. So for the TCKs, they never knew they could do something to control their yes. life. And so this is just like, this is great. I love this conversation because it's also applable to our our lives in general. It's just like, yeah, absolutely. when do we not know what we don't know? Exactly. Right. I mean, and for me, I went to China for the last year of my degree from my Australian university mm -hmm. and then ended up staying as, as you do kind of. Um, but part of why I stayed is because I was there. I'm in the student district with people from all around the world. Yeah. I'm being exposed to very different lifestyles and pathways. And it just triggered something inside me that went, I can go home and be normal and do what I've always assumed I will do. Mm which was basically what my dad did. Yeah. Or I could stay here a while and just see what else might be out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that. And that's, that's what happened. And I, I look back, I'm like, if I had followed the path I assumed I would have followed, I, I'm sure that would have, you know, ended up in having some kind of depressive breakdown at some point, because I wouldn't mm -hmm. have, I would have just buckled down and done the things without knowing myself and yeah. without, um working out what was a good fit for me and what else I yeah it would have been a very different life and I'm not sure it would have been a happier life for me yeah yeah wow when we talk about these you know opportunities for the TCKs to thriving adulthood um are there any practical tips that you would like to recommend and I know that we talk about Asian parents or like, but in general, but then we can also focus on uh, Asian parents for TCKs. I was just thinking like last time you mentioned, like we need to take the time and effort to do the work, the emotional work. Are there other mm -hmm. practical tips? I think the first one is understanding that for TCKs, it can take longer to do the work. Yeah. Um, adult TCKs, usually in their early to mid twenties are still completing the work of identity development. Mm. So what we're starting to see is that when you look at the developmental pathway um, of what children work through at different stages, it starts to elongate in TCKs, not just TCKs, but cross-cultural kids generally, the more cultures you're interacting with, um, the more mobility that's involved, the longer that starts to elongate because you have more information to process. Right. It's not that there's something wrong. This is exactly what should happen, because in order to fully understand who you are and what you want out of life, there's just more data to sift through. Right. And there's more value systems that you've come in contact with. Um, there's more to work through, which means that often TCKs leave the home at 18. They go to a completely different place and they don't have their supportive community around them. And they're still in that. Uh, boundary testing phase, which is where you'll be taking risks and being rebellious and those things because it's a normal part of development. But now you're doing that without safe boundaries around you. Um, or you're still working out who you are when you're started in the workplace. And, and that means that TCKs tend to need more support as young adults. So one thing that, that parents can be doing is providing additional support. So instead of thinking, well, my kid needs to grow up already, actually they're doing the work of growing up. So if you have a teenager who is like really obedient and doing all of the things, like that could be a sign that they're just still not into the developmental stage that a typical teenager would be in. And so that's gonna happen later and you're gonna need to provide that support, right? It, it means when they start boundary testing later on, treating them like a teenager who's still in the process of learning and doesn't need you to tell them they're an idiot, needs you to support them, right? Um, recognize that they are still learning um, 
and and be that support be there on the other end of the phone be there to listen be there to help them as they're processing this it means that sometimes they're going to need extra support like they're going to need to come back home for a season because the work of doing this emotional processing doesn't always mesh well with full-time study or full-time work and so having some empathy for that need to be near family uh need to work part-time because they're still working on this right um I've heard from a lot of parents who were worried that they were doing the wrong thing for their kids by providing that place for them. Actually, that's one of the best things you can do is to be a safe space for them so that they can launch when they're emotionally ready to launch. So seeing that as actually a success of parenting when your child feels safe with you to share those things with you and to want to be near you um, and that they when they finish processing, they'll be ready to launch on their own a few years later. So that's one of the best things parents can do is to acknowledge that, you know, their child's journey emotionally might take a bit longer and and provide that support as long as it's needed. Do you think there are different tips that you will offer to Asian parents or non-Asian parents or like, you know, Western parents? Yeah. Um, Asian parents, African parents, South American parents, Western parents, everyone's slightly different in how they do parenting. I think the biggest thing is that what school system is your child in and how different is that from your home culture? Um, Cross-cultural education is another big cultural difference. Um, And that is another way to create a cross-cultural child. If the school system they're in is different, often we don't acknowledge that schools are teaching more than knowledge, they're teaching culture. They're teaching how to be a good citizen, right? And so, it's really important to understand what are the values that your school holds because they're teaching those values to your child. Most schools will give you a list of their school values and you need to take that information seriously because that's what they're teaching your child to be. And this, your child is spending a lot of time in that situation with teachers as authority figures who are teaching them this is how you have to interact with authority figures. And once they've been in that school system for five, eight, 10 years, that's their standard way of acting with an authority figure. So the first thing that I do when I'm talking to parents, whether they're Asian or from any part of the world is, uh, and this can happen with some um, Western parents as well is, okay, what, where are you from? And what's the education system your school, education system your kids are in? Okay, what are the differences between those? Um, And understanding that by putting your child in this school, you have told them that this school's way of doing things is the right way for them to be and the child that they've been taught to be. Um, And so the first practical tip for parents is to acknowledge that they have given their kids this school culture that can be a huge asset, but it also means that they will never be completely comfortable in their heritage culture. They will always be a mixture. And there needs to be both acceptance and accountability on the parents' behalf that they created this situation, but also space for grief, that it means that your child will never completely have the same culture as you, right? So for example, if you're a Chinese parent with a child in an American school, you are going to have a child who is Chinese, but also is culturally American because that's the culture they've been trained in (laughs) through their school system. And the child is doing nothing wrong when they quote unquote act American. Um, They're doing exactly what they have been trained to do through that school system. And parents are allowed to grieve that their child Mm. sees the world differently to them. And it means their family will look different than they had expected. Yeah. You're allowed to grieve that difference. Um, And so I actually do recommend that to to families that you acknowledge that difference is real and you grieve that difference right because if you don't take the time to acknowledge that this can be really hard as Mm -hmm. a parent if you don't acknowledge that openly it's going to come out sideways and you're either going to resent your child or you're going to or they're going to resent you or you're going to be unnecessarily harsh with them you're going to put expectations on them that they can't measure up to Mm -hmm. and so just acknowledging and feeling those hard feelings makes a huge difference in that parent-child relationship moving forward yeah 
when you were talking, I also thought about, you know, we were talking about students in schools. What about homeschooling parents? How, how would that be different? Yeah, <clears throat> homeschooling is, is very different because you have more control over that environment. Next question, what, where's the curriculum coming from? Um, who are your kids playing with? Because there are lots of different ways that we connect with communities. Um, a child who's homeschooled is going to have a different experience than a child who's in a school setting, for sure. Uh, but they're not immune to other cultures. And the next piece of that is, even if you could insulate them completely from everything else, it means that they're going to really struggle interacting with other people. And that's going to make life hard for them because they are going to have cross-cultural interactions with other people, perhaps even with anyone their own age, if they've been completely insulated from the way that people their age interact with the world. And so what happens if you, if you, if you somehow manage to completely insulate your child from the way things are done, at some point they will leave your control and your bubble and they'll be completely unprepared for what else is out them. Uh, I, I talk to parents who think that they're protecting their children by doing this. And instead what they do is they leave, they send their children out into the world completely unprepared to understand and to think about and to process everything. Um, so you want to make sure that you are having conversations, that you're exposing them to everything that they are going to come in contact with as adults and having a lens through which to think about and process and talk about those things. Um, so completely insulating your child is actually doing them a disservice. Um, so, but in terms of culture, even when you're homeschooling, you have a curriculum. Yeah. Um, what's that curriculum? Where is that based? I know a lot of people who homeschool, but they homeschool through a curriculum from a different country, Yeah. sometimes even a different language. And so yeah. it's still having an influence in how they think and how they um, speak and how they write. Uh, yeah. So whatever you choose for your child, there's no choice that is completely neutral. That's right. Um, yeah. Because yeah. even generation, generationally, you could be in your own country <laughs> and school is different now than it was 20 years ago, 30 Absolutely. years ago. Yeah, yeah. The way they teach maths is different now than it was yeah. the way they taught it when you went to school. Like there's always going to be differences and that's fine. Change is not bad. Difference is not bad. Um, you know, trying to, to create something static mm. is actually unhealthy. Change yeah. is life. Change is one of the markers of how we know an organism is alive. Um, so change is not bad, but uh, understanding what your child is experiencing and embracing that mm. as part of their experience and part of who they are is a huge step toward knowing your child and therefore being able to interact with them in a healthy way. Yeah. I was just thinking a few of my friends who educated their kids through homeschooling outside of Taiwan and or outside of their home country. And, you know, when the kids returned to their home country, it was a little challenging because they don't have the same peers. And then the culture is completely mm. different and they look Taiwanese, but they don't act like Taiwanese. And it's yeah. just like, it's unavoidable, but... How yeah. how parents can be more aware of these things will be pretty helpful. But before we move on to like, I, I feel like I want to ask you later is about the self-help uh, piece because like when adult yeah. TCKs are facing life, right? Then how do they help themselves? But before we move on to that part, is there anything else you want to say to parents? <laughs> um, Hours and hours and hours. Yeah. <laughs> So Sign much of my workshop. work is working with parents. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. like it's one of the, my favorite things to do because I, so I've worked with TCKs and international families for over 18 years now, about seven, seven, eight years in, I made a very deliberate shift to working prim from working primarily with young TCKs, like teenage mm -hmm. TCKs to working primarily with well, young adults to working primarily with parents um, and educators and other caregivers, but primarily parents for quite a long season there because there were so many parents who were stressed about this journey they were on. They were anxious, they were concerned, they felt guilty or shame because they just didn't know how this was going to work. 
I, I mean, I'd talk to, for example, I was, I remember a Chinese mum pulling me aside and be like, can we have coffee? And she's like, I know that I don't want to raise my kids the way I was raised. You know, like they, they have American citizenship and that's where they live for the first few years of their life and they're going to an American school. But I have no idea if this, like I'm, I, what American parenting looks like, what this other parenting methods look like. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know. Like, you know, so, so no matter what you do, right, or you're raising your kids overseas and you have no models for what that looks like and you don't know if it's going to work out or not. And there's so many parents who are doing their absolute best and they're stressed about how that's going to work out. Um, and so I think the good news is the majority of TCKs are thankful for their experiences, are glad that they were raised the way they were raised and they would not take it back right? Yes, there are hard things that go with life overseas. Um, I think that the biggest difficulty is that what those difficulties and potholes are, are different than if you aren't raised cross-culturally. And so it can be difficult as caregivers to know how to support them. And so getting education around what their life experience is like can be helpful to know how to support them best. But regardless of all of that, it's still a great experience. It's a wonderful opportunity and what you're doing is good so you know be encouraged right that you're you're doing a good job and there's support out there for you yeah be kind to yourselves parents absolutely yeah yeah i think parenting isn't easy anywhere in the world right yeah yeah it's like it's also the parents first time being parents Exactly. Let alone cross-culturally. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of learning to do. And, and I love it because it's like lifelong learning. It should be everyone's model. But absolutely. when we're talking about parents and a lot of TCKs who could be adults now or whoever is around them, how would you encourage the adult TCKs to, you know, what are the tips for them? I... I'm so excited that there are so many resources for adult TCKs now that just weren't there even 10 years ago, even five years ago. Um, In the last couple of years, some fantastic books for adult TCKs have come out that are in either that self-help space or in a reflective space. Um, My three like absolute go-tos are Unstacking Your Grief Tower by Lauren Wells. Very short read, but all about how do you process things that are just sitting there. Uh, Belonging Beyond Borders by Megan Norton. If you ever struggled with those concepts of home and belonging, it's very reflective kind of journal style book. Um, One I have on my shelf right here by Rachel Kaysen is Incredible Lives and the Courage to Live Them. Um, She is a therapist who works almost exclusively with third culture kids. And so her thoughts are scattered with not just her own experiences, but the experiences of lots of others um, who've been in those situations and uh, it's a very general book that covers lots of different topics and it's fantastic and so there's just there's a lot out there to help you process and if you want something more like comprehensive and long my book misunderstood was also written with adult tck's in mind so there there's a lot there now that can help you understand and process your journey and work out where you want to go and what you want to work on and how you want to move forward. Um, And I think really that's the first step for everybody is just understanding yourself. Um, If you, if you want to unpack that more, yeah, the unstacking sessions TCK training does are fantastic. There's this great program that they work through. All of the coaches are adult TCKs themselves um, and they coach you through it individually one-on-one with that. if you feel like there's more that you're, there's grief and things that you're working through and it's really impacting you, there are some fantastic ways to get TCK informed therapy. Um, Expat Nest um, offers therapy in multiple languages uh, from memory, English, Mandarin, Greek, Arabic, French. I could be wrong that the languages have changed over the years and probably increased. Wow. Um, They're a great place to go. There's lots of other ones. TCK Training has a resources page with a list of TCK therapists, both clinics and individuals who offer um, virtual and some in-person sessions. So um, that's a place to go. And Rachel Kaysen, the author of that book, also does 
virtual TCK therapy. Okay. So there's so much out there now, no matter where you're at in your journey, um, to help you move a step mm. forward. And hopefully this episode helps people to have that awareness and starting mm. that that healing journey. Um, yeah. And then it, before we end this episode, is there anything else you want to add? Oh, wow. I mean, I can always talk about this forever. This is, this is <laughs> why I work in what I work. Yes. <laughs> I mean... Look, I, I'm constantly doing writing and research in this space because mm -hmm. I think there's more that we need to know. So TCK Training is currently running a new survey. Um, it'll be open, I think, until the end of April, maybe May okay. uh, 2024. Um, and I am really excited to learn what's coming out of that um, because we're going to be looking at both what happened during childhood, but also what happened as an adult. So, you know, what were the strengths, what were the struggles and see if we can see any links between them, between yeah. the positive experiences in childhood or the difficult experiences in childhood to what happened as an adult and see if we mm. can see connections there. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching the results come in and, and they've been really fascinating. So far, I think we've got 39 passport countries represented. Wow. I would love to see um, more big numbers from tck's across yeah. asia and africa and south america and yeah, yeah. love that wow. okay i'll definitely attach the info that you mentioned in the episode notes and thank you so much for talking with us Tanya. yeah no worries at all Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time!